Hey friends, it's Weston, and I wanted to take just a second to thank you for listening to the Bowling Green Christian Church Sermon Podcast. If someone recommended this message to you, I hope that it encourages you. If you're here getting caught up on a week you missed, I hope that it challenges you. And if you're a visitor checking us out, I hope that it helps you connect with Jesus and his church. Whoever you are, whenever you're ready to take your next step closer to Jesus or to connect with a BGCC family, know that we're here for you. You can learn more about how to connect with us by downloading our app when you text BGCC app to 77977. There in the app, you can submit prayer requests, find out about upcoming events, and even give to help support our ministry, including this podcast. It's my prayer that God uses this message to encourage and equip you to take your next best step in life, which is always one step closer to Jesus. Good morning. Are you glad you're here at church? You here? We have welcome some families. Small groups are kicking off. All sorts of stuff. How many of you helped us with meals yesterday? Delivering meals on Saturday, man. Thanks for doing that. We delivered, I think, close to 300 meals. So that's that's an amazing thing. Thanks for doing that. Hey, if you're at home, we're glad that you're with us. Also, uh, we know that with things coming, people are making decisions to, to be worshiping at home, and we want to know that you're welcome. You're part of the group here. So if you're hit home and you're on Facebook or YouTube where you can type something in, go ahead and say, man, I'm glad to be here. Just let us know that you've stopped by. Uh, tell us that you're glad to be here this Sunday morning. Uh, today we're continuing our series, Gold Running Your Race, as we think about what it means to pursue God's best in our lives. Today we're going to fast forward a little bit in David's life to where he starts to uh, think about establishing a legacy, his legacy uh, that he's going to leave behind. Now, legacy, I know, is a word that we associate with older people. Uh, you know, uh, presidents in their final term are said to be doing things to establish their legacy. Uh, CEOs of large companies, uh, you know, towards the end of their tenure will, will take on projects or maybe some changes in the corporate structure uh, to cement their legacy, uh, to leave a mark on it behind. Uh, you drive through Western's campus, you've got buildings named after all sorts of people. Uh, that's their legacy. If you're like me, you read those names and you're like, I don't know who any of these people are. You have the person next to you, who's this guy? And they're like, oh, we, don't, we don't know either. It's just named after uh, him or her, um, which means, you know, they probably had some money. Um, that was the legacy. Uh, and there's a really cynical, like, dark part of me that's like, how much would it take to, like, rename that? Like, like if I wanted to, like, come in and be like, hey, I want that to be Weston Hall. What's it going to take? You know there's a number, because you know if Bill Gates rolled up in there and he's like, listen, checkbook right now, what's it going to take? There, there'd be a price. You know what I'm saying? There would be a price. That's kind of what we associate with legacy. Like, we're going to name something after us. We're going to have a little brass plaque, you know, on a chair or a Bible or a door or, you know. Uh, we don't do that here at the church. Um, although, for a while, I was, when we do the building campaign, I thought, how fun would it be to, like, have, like, brass plates, like, on the urinals and the toilet stalls and be like, this toilet was brought to you by Bill Smothers. You know, Bill just really liked to be in the bathroom. Um, yeah, that's why we don't do that, because nobody wants to sponsor the toilet. Uh, where were we going with that? Oh, legacy, we're talking about legacy, building a legacy. Now, if you're here and you're younger, you're going, I'm not old, I don't have a lot of money, nobody's going to, you know, name a building after me, that's fine. Uh, legacy is shifting a little bit, I think, now. People start thinking about what we leave behind online. Uh, a lot of interesting conversations about what happens after you pass everything you leave there. Uh, but, but even if you're still alive, you know, you've got this image you want to put out there, right? You know, um, you have posed pictures, curated feed, you know, that goes in there. Uh, even if you're the kind that poses so it doesn't look like it's a pose, pose, you know who I'm talking about. You know, you, you get the, the post, it's like, you know, I don't know how, you know, I don't care how I look here today. 
um, you know, might delete later, that kind of thing. Uh, is this, this is there? We back? Here. Is it me? All right, I'm cutting out. Uh, might delete later, that kind of thing. I don't know anybody who would just give their phone and all their social media credentials to somebody else and say, yeah, just take pictures of me throughout the day, post whatever you want. I, you know, I don't really care. Uh, we all care. We all care about how we're perceived, about what we leave behind, uh, whether that's, you know, in a building, whether that's online. Um, and here we are into David's legacy. And David has had a uh, great run. He has now come into his own as king. He has established the, the capital city of Jerusalem. Uh, he is enjoying a fair amount of peace within his kingdom. There's a lot of prosperity that comes with peace. When you're not fighting war, you're able to do business and that kind of stuff. And so uh, David is now thinking about, you know, how can I sort of put this all together? What's the cherry that's going to go on top of this? Uh, and he thinks to himself, man, let's build a temple. Because I think David has this idea that it's the building, it's the possession that makes the lasting legacy. Um, but let me tell you, buildings and possessions, they do not establish a lasting legacy. They don't. Uh, buildings are demolished or renamed. Possessions break. Uh, wealth uh, doesn't last forever, right? It's, it's spent or it you know, goes through a downturn in the stock market. You know, these things do not last. So what is it that does last? Uh, we're going to get to that in a second. But first, David decides he wants to build this temple because I think he's got some mixed motives. I think he wants to build this temple for God because I think that he wants to do something really nice for God because God has blessed him in amazing and real ways. And I also think that David is in his own mind saying, man, how are people going to remember me when I leave? Wouldn't it be nice for them to go, you know, David not only, you know, brought peace to us and brought prosperity, but man, look at this temple that David built. What an amazing temple uh, we have to enjoy. And so David, he's learned his lesson about doing things together. We talked about that last week. And so he calls Nathan the prophet to come and he says, hey, Nathan, you know, thinking I'd like to build a temple for God. And Nathan goes, man, that sounds awesome. Let's do it. Let's build a temple. You know, who doesn't want a temple? And so he's like, yeah, David, go do whatever you want. The problem is that God doesn't think a temple is a great idea. And so later that night, God is going to speak to Nathan in supernatural means, and he's going to say, Nathan, no, I don't want a temple. I don't want David to build a temple for me. And so we pick up here in 2 Samuel 7, where Nathan delivers this message to David. He says, are you the one to build me a house to dwell in? I have not dwelt in a house from the day I brought the Israelites up out of Egypt to this day. I have been moving from place to place with a tent as my dwelling. Wherever I have moved with all the Israelites... Did I ever say to any of their rulers whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, why have you not built me a house of cedar? Uh, God is saying to David, listen, I've not been interested in a temple at all. Uh, as a matter of fact, not having a temple has been advantageous because it's been nice for me to move around and to, to go with the people and to travel with the people wherever they are and to be among the people. You see, here's what we're getting in the Old Testament. We're getting this glimpse that God is really more interested in a relationship with us than he is in anything else. God really wants our hearts. And the people, uh, you know, they want a temple. The people want the temple, but God doesn't care about the temple. Now, I know that the temple will get built. Solomon is going to build this temple. David is going to make some plans for the temple, and, and Solomon will build it. But God doesn't care about the temple. Had it been up to God, there would be no temple. And I know that, or I'm very confident in that, because what happens when they get the temple? The people, they look at the temple and they go, well, that means we've got a good relationship with God, right? You know, because we've got the temple here. Uh, but then when their hearts wander from God 
And they have the temple, and then God sort of sends some enemies around them to remind them, hey, do you remember who protects you? Do you remember who provides for you? The people, they sort of just retreat to the temple. They're like, oh, this is the temple of the Lord. You know, God isn't going to let anything bad happen to this place. And God says, just watch it. Just watch what happens. You have the temple, but you don't have a relationship with me, which means you don't have me. And so God says, I take my blessing, I take this protection off this temple, and the temple gets destroyed. God's own plan destroys the temple. God doesn't care about the temple. He wants the people. Now, I'll tell you, I think as Christians, we live in a similar kind of conundrum or similar type of fallacy, perhaps, because we have this idea that, you know, because I come to church, you know, we, we park, we come in, or because I join online, you know, because I'm, I'm participating in some way here on Sunday morning, because I come to this proximity, uh, you know, then that means I'm close to God. That is not the case. It, it, this is why we, at a church we've been trying really hard to do things to help you throughout the week pursue God in many different ways. So you download the app and you've got ways to connect in groups like Bob talked about. You know, in there we've got ways for you to serve. Uh, in there we've got a daily Bible reading where you can start your day with God. We've got a podcast that helps you to reflect on your scripture. These are things that we want you to be doing throughout the week. And I love that we've got online because I know folks travel and this is a way for you to stay connected with sort of the larger piece of what we're doing as a church. But friends, coming to a place is not make you a Christian. It is having that relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what matters most. And the problem is we think it's a building. Uh, that The church is not the building, it's the people. One of my favorite stories comes from Eugene Peterson. Most people know him as translating the message, but he's sort of a, a pastoral hero of mine because he pastored the same church uh, outside of D.C. in a suburb there, I think it was in Maryland, um, for 30 years. And he planted this church, and they grew up. They were about 300 people. Um, and... You know, he, he tells a story about how when they first started planning, you know, it was cool. And then they were meeting in his basement. And that was cool. And then they kind of outgrew it and they knew they needed some space. And so they started a building campaign and everybody got excited. And we're going to build a building and we're going to have a real place for us now. And, and all this happened and people got excited and attendance went up and, and people were giving and serving. And it was really great. But then about three months after the building was built, the attendance went down. People stopped serving, you know, giving. Everything's just sort of like people started disconnecting. And so Eugene Peterson went to his, his supervisor. Um, he was, I think he's Presbyterian. And he says, hey, um, people are kind of going away. What, what do we do about this? And his supervisor said, oh, that's, that's normal. That's what happens after you finish a building campaign. And so Eugene Peterson says, well, what do we do now? And he says, well, you should start another building campaign. You know, if, if you just keep having building campaigns and everybody's always engaged, there's always something to do. You just need a big project all the time. And Eugene Peterson says, no, that's, um, that's not how we're going to do things here. We think God's called us to different things. Because let's be honest, it's people that change people's lives, right? It's not buildings. Buildings don't change people's lives. If you take nothing else today, here, here's the thing I really want you to grab hold of, is that we are all building a legacy with the time we spend. Okay? We're all building a legacy with the time we spend. And we see this happen in David's life. God is going to build a legacy through David. Um, let's pick up again in the text, 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 8 and 9. God says, Now tell my servant David, this is what the Lord Almighty says. I took you from the pasture, from tending the flock, and appointed you ruler over my people Israel. I have been with you wherever you have gone. I have cut off all your enemies from before you. Now I will make your name great like the names of the greatest men on earth. Uh, I have been with you wherever you have gone. I have cut off all your enemies from before you. Now I'll make your name great like the name of the greatest men on earth. The next one here is in 2 Samuel uh, 7, 11b. 
We may not have that one. The Lord declares to you that the Lord himself will establish a house for you. God is building a house for David. He's building a legacy for David. And that's what God does. God builds a legacy for people who follow him. God builds a legacy for people who follow him. For, for anybody that pursues God, God says, I want to build a legacy for you. That's what he wants to do for David. It's what he did for Abraham, right? Abraham, way, way, way back, you know, the very beginning of God's interaction with humanity, uh, he's pursuing God. And God calls Abraham. He says, Abraham, I want you to leave your home, and I want you to just move to the place I'm going to show you along the way. And so Abraham just packs up and heads out with his family and his possessions. We have nothing that Abraham built except maybe the tomb of his wife that you can visit in, in the Holy Land. And even some of the construction on that may be a little suspect. But that's the one like building maybe you could go to was the grave that Abraham builds. That's all. And yet we still talk about Abraham. God sends Jesus and that old covenant is done away with and God's interacting with us in a new way. And he points back to Abraham and says, listen, you know, even in the olden times, Abraham got it that what matters most is following me through faith. And so Abraham is called the father of, of all the faithful, the father of all who believe in God. That's Abraham's legacy is faith, is believing it goes on to like Jacob. Jacob, there's nothing we've got of Jacob's that he built. Uh, there's a couple wells he dug in the Holy Land that you can go visit, uh, but that's about it. Um, you know, Jacob's got some holes in the ground, and yet we still talk about him. Why? Because God renames him. He says, Jacob, I'm going to call you Israel, and I'm going to build a nation out of you. And through you, all the nations of the world can be blessed. How's that going to happen? Well, now we fast forward to David. God calls David. He says, David, I'm going to build a legacy for you. You're going to always have a son that sits on the throne. How's that possible unless you live forever? And God goes, yeah, just wait and see. And he sends Jesus Christ through the lineage of David. So that way he would be king of the universe, Lord forever, friends. That's where we are. That's what God does. He's building a legacy for people in faith. That's what, that's what God does. It's interesting. The temple of Solomon is destroyed, but the church of God lasts forever. That's what God is doing. And we can get in on this. We build a legacy as we grow God's legacy. God's legacy becomes our legacy through faith. You know, we are God's legacy. And yet we still, in our own minds, we're drawn to these buildings and these monuments. That I think we want to build something that, that outlasts us so we can say, you know, we were here. We, we lived. We existed. We mattered. But God says, that's not the building I'm building. Uh, yes, I'm building a building, God says, but I'm doing it with you. Uh, let's look at some passages here in the New Testament that get at this. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 5 tells us this. You also, that's us, that's me, that's you, like living stones are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through faith. God says, I am building a house and I'm doing it with you, with the people that you meet and the connections that you form together. That's why things like community groups are so important. We want you to make those connections. Paul echoes the same statement in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. He says this, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? God is building a temple with us, friends. Now let me tell you, I've done a lot of funerals. It's just part of the job. Uh, let me tell you what I've never heard from. I've never had somebody's car come in to the funeral and say, you know, they took good care of me. They changed my oil every 3,000 miles. They waxed me. They kept me in the garage. They rotated my tires on time. You know, um, it was, they were really good. Thank you for that. Uh, I've never had somebody's house come into a funeral and say, you know what? They really made me look beautiful. Shiplap all over the place. Barnwood doors. It was amazing. 
rustic cedar planks harvested from timber in the northeast, Italian tile. I really appreciate it. Never had that happen. I've never had somebody's business come in on somebody's behalf and say, you know, really built me up. It was really profitable. Appreciate that. Never had that happen. Had a lot of sons and daughters come in, though. They usually give me a note, a little slip of paper, and say, you know, I just can't say anything today. It's just too much, but could you read this? And they talk about how much mom and dad meant to them, or grandma and grandpa, what, what their relationship was like with them. I've had employees and coworkers come and say, you know, they really weren't a boss. They were like a father. I've heard that a lot. I've heard even clients of salespeople, seriously, clients of salespeople came and said, man, he adopted me into his family. And these people adopted him into their family, and they were a family, man, through terminal illness. I mean, that's what happens. It's these connections that we make. That's the legacy that we leave. We're building a legacy through the time we spend. Friends, that is the key. It is so important that we clue into this. I want to give you a few ideas on how we might be able to do this. I want to give you four ideas here on how we might start building a legacy. Because if you're like me, man, the, the turn of the school year, I think, is a great time for us as we begin, uh, I'm speaking to parents right now, to think about what is the legacy we're building into and leaving with our kids. Um, if you're not a parent and you're a kid and you're going back to school, maybe, now's a great time for you to be thinking about, like, how's this year going to be a little different for me? So I want to give you a couple ideas. First is this, is start by asking this question, how do I want to be remembered? Just ask that question, how do I want to be remembered? We're, we're all going to die. I hope that's not, like, ruining your day. Um, like, it's, it's coming. I uh, don't know when. hope it's not soon. Um, but, you know, it, it could be. And the question is, after that happens, all that's left is the memory. So how do you want to be remembered? That's, that's like question one. Once you get the answer to that question, then you reverse engineer. So, like, if you're like, man, I hope at my funeral they're like, man, he was, he was there. Then you reverse engineer. How do you get remembered for that? Well, you, you start to show up, right? Okay? You know, he was there. Oh, that means I need to show up for things. And you need to prioritize perhaps your time. You know, because we're building a legacy through the time we spend. That's going to be key. You know, how do we want to be remembered? Work your way back from there. Uh, second thing, you need to stay focused on the people more than the project. Now listen, I'm a project-oriented guy. I love to check things off the to-do list. It makes me so happy when that happens. Um, if I feel like i got a lot of projects, I don't feel like i got a lot of time for people. Uh, and so this is something that I have to grow in. Uh, but God is showing me that the project is only as good as the people that it blesses and benefits. And so uh, even if you're a project-oriented person, you've got to ask yourself this question. Is this project benefiting the people? Because if it's not, then it's not worth doing. Because it's all about the people. You know, the time we spend, that's how we build a legacy. So are we investing in things that are investing in people? If not, then it's time to rethink the project that we're in. Uh, third thing here is we need to realize that the time we spend matters more than the money we spend. Money and time are interesting commodities if you think about it. In some ways they're similar, but in other ways they're radically different. The first is, you know, big difference is this, is you can save your money, but you can't save your time. You can only spend your time. Uh, I know we get in this mindset, we're like, well, I'm going to do all this now, and so that way I'll save up all this time later to do things with people, but it doesn't work like that. Uh, you can only spend your time. Which is also interesting if you think about it, because God, you know, people talk about God and money and church and money. You know, God asks for a tenth of the money in the Old Testament, which I think is a great principle of tithing for us today. Uh, but think about how much time God asked from people. He said, I want a tenth of your money, but I want a seventh of your time. Uh, that's a bigger portion. God says, I want more of your time than your money. What were these people doing with that seventh, that Sabbath day, that, that tithe of their time, if you will? What were they doing with it on the Sabbath day? 
Well, they were coming to worship like this with their families, and they were learning about God. They were worshiping God. That's one thing they were doing. They were spending time together as a family. They were eating meals together. They were resting. They were playing. Uh, they were recovering from the week to reclaim their humanity. God says, man, that matters most to me. So it's, it's more about the, the time we spend than the money we spend. Finally, the last thing we need to know is this, is that the value of God's legacy and our legacy in turn grows as it is shared. It's not a zero-sum game. God's legacy, as it grows, it increases in value. It's not like an inheritance that's given to us, and if somebody else makes it to heaven, then there's less heaven for us. That's, that's not how this works. Man, it grows in joy and in and wealth and in value the more that are involved in it. Uh, listen, we are all building a legacy, whether we want to think about it or not. We are all going to be remembered at some point in time. The question is, what are we going to be remembered for? As Christians, I think we probably all want somebody to say about us, they help me to get closer to Jesus. So if that's the case, how are you doing that? How are you doing that? Are you, are you talking to people like Jesus? Are you inviting them to church? Are you inviting them to youth group? Are you, are you connecting with them and saying, man, I, 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 God blesses me. I think he wants to do the same thing for you. God's helped me through a difficult problem, kind of like the one you're in. Let me tell you about him. Friends, this is what we're called to do, is to build this legacy. As we start this new school year, how are we going to do that? Moms and dads, are you taking advantage of windshield time? Uh, as you're traveling with your kids, are you using that time to, to talk with them about things that matter? Uh, are you asking them not just, you know, how was your day, but what was the best part of your day, or what was the worst part of your day? Are, are, you, are you engaged in that? You know, a couple of years ago, I, I started, I was driving kids to school, thinking, man, you know, what is one thing maybe we could do that would be small that would help maybe impart some of this to my kids? And we've just started this thing where we get in the car and, and we just pray before we get to school. It's not long. It's not like 30 minutes long. Like, we've got a long commute at our house. I mean, so like, I mean, if we were really holy, I guess we could be praying for 15 solid, but we're not. Um, we're talking like 90 seconds, minute, you know, somewhere in that zone. Um, and we just pray for real simple things. We just ask that God would bless us, that he'd watch out for us, and we pray that he'd fill us with his spirit in a new way. And this is one thing we ask, is that God would make us a blessing to somebody. That's, that's one thing we pray through, is that, God, would you use us to bless somebody today? Could we show your love to somebody today? That, that's Again, that's a 60-second kind of prayer. It's something we, we do together. If the kids are in my car, that's what we do. And I hope that it sticks. I hope that as they get older, they, they, part of the legacy is they just, you know, maybe they don't even know where it came from. They just think, man, yeah, I, I, I want to pray. I want to surrender this day before it begins to God. There's all sorts of ways to do this. The question is, are you going to just pick one? Are you going to try one? Or are you going to start in one? Because the legacy we build, we build with the time we spend today. It's interesting to me, the Temple of Solomon is gone. We don't have it. You can see parts of it if you go to Jerusalem. Parts of it you can get close to. But, but by and large, it's destroyed. Um, but you know what we have today in a really tangible way? If you go right to the middle of your Bible, you open it up, the biggest book we have is the book of Psalms. Most of those were written by David. You know, those are the places where David, you know, he's searched for the right word and he bears his soul and he's incredibly transparent and honest as he faithfully just dedicated some of that time to scrawling out his prayers to God. And man, we collect that book and so many Christians, you'd say that is your favorite book of the Bible because it is so honest and it gives you a glimpse of what it means to pursue God wholeheartedly. The temple doesn't last. It's not the buildings and the possessions. It's the time we spend, friends. That's what lasts. So are we doing, what are we doing with our time? Are we investing it in the way we want to? 
Are we building the legacy we want with the time we spend today? So here's decision time coming up. We're going to sing a song. And some of you, I want to give you a couple things here today. Some of you, as we talk about legacy today, you're thinking about yours and you are not happy with it. Okay, you're sad. You're angry. You feel like you've wasted some time. I understand that. Um, I want you to know that today is a new day and from now on it can start. I remember talking with a gal uh, whose husband passed about her husband. And she said, you know, I remember the day he started taking his faith seriously. <laughs> it was when he was called to be an elder. <laughs> um, she said, and I'll tell you, it just, it just turned up the spiritual temperature in his life. And it just changed him. She remembered that day. Today could be that day for you. You could go home and you could say, listen, guys, um, I've got this wrong. I didn't do this right. Here's some things I wish I'd done differently. Here's what I'd like to do now. Can we start again? Can we work to build something different? Today could be that day for you. And it just starts with a conversation at home. Maybe you got some regrets in the past. And, you know, maybe you've never accepted Jesus Christ. If that's the case, man, I'd love to talk to you about that. I'm going to sit here in this front row. I'd love to talk to you what it means to start over to be baptized into Christ and to have that fresh beginning. You could do that today. Like you came with dry clothes, you could leave with wet clothes. That's, that's really how simple this is. You can start over that fast with God. Some of you, you've, you've followed Christ. Yeah, you've been baptized, but you've, you've got away. You've wandered. And you say, man, today I want it to be special. I want it to be something memorable. You leave the baptistry open. Come up here, put your hands in that. Remember what it was like to be baptized. Dry them off up here and say, God, today we're starting over. We're going to begin again. Listen, your legacy that you're going to build starts with the time you spend today. You can't go back. You can't change yesterday. You can't change last month. But today could be something new. The choice is yours. Once you stand, let's sing.